Hey there, it's me, your money, and welcome to Tandia Talks Money. They say money talks, and it is true, I do. And I also like to work hard. They say it builds character, but it also builds TFSAs and RRSPs, which is why every week Tandia will share new ideas, tips, and wisdom from Tandia's finest to help you get to where you want to go. You know, with a little help from me, of course. Like, who else? So, we have spent all of January talking about being kind to yourself, setting goals, taking care of your mental health, and moving you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, here we are, first Monday in February, which, like, I'm just going to add in that I am thrilled about that because, you know, February is like four minutes long. And that just means we are. We're that much closer to spring-ish, right? Like, I remember wearing short sleeves one time on St. Patrick's Day. Maybe even shorts. I mean, like, I was 20-something. But, like, in my mind, the light is at the end of the tunnel. Now, February is often known for being a month dedicated to and all about love. But February is not only about Valentines and sweethearts. Instead, it can be a month for self-love and self-care, fostering relationships with family and friends, and, you know, just loving others. Now, being a financial institution, we've heard it all. We have seen the struggles between not only couples, but, you know, any relationship when it comes to finances. Now, I wish I could sit here and say there's an easy fix and that, you know, you're never going to have another struggle again when it comes to your finances. But let's be real, that is not realistic. So what are we going to do today? Well, you know, a long, long time ago, there were like simple rules for married couples on how to manage their money, right? Like the man of the house would come, bring the money home, make all the financial decisions. You know, they were the breadwinner. You know, there was even a point in Canada where a woman was unable to qualify for a mortgage on their own without a male guarantor. Now, my Atlanta. Yeah, I just watched Full House lately. So I have introduced my daughter to it. It's pretty great, right? Like we're like going back in time. Anyways, I digress. My Lanta, how things have changed. I think I've actually started to see a flip where like most women take on the financial decisions now. So when we think of where we are today, that seems like a very simple concept, right? You know, one paycheck, one breadwinner come in and make all the financial decisions. And I think it's, valid today that it's widely accepted that, you know, both partners are entering this relationship and are both functioning adults who are capable of handling the money management decisions, you know, information and, you know, just like life itself. Now, whatever relationships you might be in, combining the finances of two independent, confident human beings comes with a whole array of issues. And, you know, that old way of doing things just doesn't really work anymore. Or like, I don't know, maybe it does. The fact of the matter is we're bringing in a little bit more complex situations now than we did before. You know, what if you have student debt? What if they don't? What if you like to spend and they like to save? How do you bring together two people who variably have their own particular hangups about money? There is no simple handbook that will work for every couple, but there are some common sense principles 
for you to know when combining your finances and arriving at a solution that is, you know, practical and opens lines of communication by having these conversations, you know, soon after you decide, like, this is the one, this is the relationship that you are like, I just watched It Takes Two. Remember that movie with like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? I'm really on the full house train today, but like over the fence, like World Series kind of love. They just said that in the movie last night. I may have messed that up, but you know, you're in it for the long haul because by having open lines of communication really does make you a stronger couple because let's be real, you're going to get tested with financial decisions that you're going to have to make together. Should you rent? Should you buy? How much can you afford? Are you, do you want to have kids? Will you adopt kids? And let me tell you, like kids, you know, those kids, they come with like a cost of their own. And the more you have, the more cost there is, you know, parental leave, you're getting less income. You're going to have to send these like sweet little children to a childcare facility maybe. And that's like equivalent of a second mortgage. You know, it might actually be more than your current mortgage, but How do we kind of take the stress out of figuring out all these things? You know, we don't want you like spending your quality time together, like over spreadsheets every month or collecting receipts and keeping track of like who does what and who goes where. And there's two of you spending and two income earnings and like you both have shared goals. Like maybe there's pre-debts that are debts that are pre-date the relationship. Like there's no wrong or right way. We want you to kind of have a happy, strong relationship. And I wish I could say there is a perfect answer on how couples should organize their finances and their bank accounts. And you'll, you'll never have a financial issue in your life, but that's not the case. I can't do that for you. I wish I could. If I did, I would do that to myself. But if there are open lines of communication that you have, and some people, you know, are happy to keep almost everything separate. Many, you know, share one bank account. Some take a mixed approach. Some share everything. Whatever you and your partner feel most comfortable with depends on your personal preferences and your couple dynamic. And you know, some couples really enjoy the autonomy of separate bank accounts, and that might send other couples into a complete frenzy. But ultimately, when we talk about money and relationships, any kind, we're bound to find some frustration, some tension, no matter how much you may love each other, your spouse and you and trying to merge your lives, the topic of money can be very bumpy. And you know, after all, you're both coming in from a different life experience and you've perceived and internalized these experiences was probably very different. We talked about that last episode, right? We all kind of have these money beliefs that are ingrained in us probably by the way we were raised or what we've been exposed to and how our experiences create these beliefs. So, you know, give each other some grace and use and know the steps to maybe help mend the bridges and have these conversations and try to keep open lines of communication. Like we don't want you to crash and burn the bridge, right? We want you to hopefully like have an open communication about money. Some might find it, like I said, helpful to have one joint bank account where all joint expenses come out of. And you know, you have your own checking account maybe, and your spouse has their own checking account and you're not left with, you know, checking in on every single purchase and some like full transparency. You know, we want to have all the money going in and all the money coming out of one. So it's just about, you know, keeping open communication and know what is going to work best for you and how it's going to work best in your relationship dynamic, which, you know, brings me to my next point. 
talk about your lifestyle choices together. Like, you know, maybe you both have a common goal. I think I've mentioned it time and time again. And maybe this is me secretly manifesting it. But you know, I wanted to own a property in Florida one day. And just so you know, maybe like it doesn't even have to be Florida, just like somewhere hot. And that is a joint goal that my spouse has as well. I'm not even joking. We had to do a marriage course before we got married. And one of the really great things that came out of this course was actually two really great things. But one was, you know, we had to openly write down what our goals were in life and just in general. And we both actually wrote that one down. So it's something that we've chatted about. It's important to both of us. And, you know, we do progress through life together. And, you know, we've had kids and childcare expenses and diapers and formula and all the fun stuff. And it's put a strain on our goal. Or maybe it's going to just take us a little bit longer than we wanted to. But we know that it is because I think we were just we were just a little bit naive when we first got married thinking like, oh, my God, we got this. Like, we will be there in no time. You know, no, no, that's just not how things go sometimes. But we do both know that is our end goal. So how do we continue to make sure that we get there and know and make sure that we're both on the same page when it comes to our finances? And I think I can say that, you know, we are point and case to my next point is recognize the difference in personalities. You know, everybody's mindset is different. And, you know, sometimes opposites tend to attract. And chances are, you know, one loves saving every little penny and the other one is maybe like to spend a little bit more. Um, and I would probably say I'm the latter in this. But, you know, the personality differences can cause the marital problems with the problems in relationships, in your marriage and whatever it might be. And sometimes it's not the root of money. But it's the source of, you know, we haven't had an open line of discussion. And, you know, I think you should be doing this. And the other one thinks you should be doing something else because you have very different personality traits. And that's okay. It's just making sure you understand that about each other when it comes to your finances. Sometimes I do have to tell my husband to loosen the purse strings a little bit. But, you know, I think ultimately... He's more of the like, let's not spend on anything and save every little penny. And then we would probably have lawn furniture in our house. Maybe not even that because, you know, why would we spend money on that? But I do appreciate that sometimes. I have to say he keeps me in check sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I like to say to him, it's okay that we go out for dinner. Nothing is going to happen. But again, just making sure that you recognize how the other one is feeling when you're in the situation. So we talk about not only personality traits, but sometimes it's the difference in salaries can be kind of a money stressor. You know, if one feels that they are solely contributing to the household and they feel like they're the breadwinner, so they feel like they should control the decisions. That can lead to some animosity on the other side. But I think it's important for you to understand the difference and you made this choice together and you know maybe one is staying at home with the kids because that is easier and less stress on your finances and instead of kind of like you know this is mine and this is yours and I put this much in so I can spend this much and you can do that the extra digits on your paycheck is not what's going to make the difference and you need to let go of the it's not yours and mine approach because that is what causes a lot of stress and a lot of fear and a lot of, you know, dependence in a relationship. Ultimately, you are on the same team and both have an equal say on how you like to spend your money and how your marriage is. 
I think it's important to express how you feel to one another. And if you feel like you are the breadwinner and you feel like you need to be making all the financial decisions, maybe it's time for you to take a step back and think, okay, how can I include my spouse in this so we can act as a team and not, you know, this is mine, this is yours. Okay, next point. I see this one all the time. Sometimes it's when you know you are a little deceitful in how you spend your money. And you know, one and three people actually confess they have hidden purchases from their spouse. And I'm not going to lie. I sometimes do like the little white lie. Like, you know, it only costs $20. Meanwhile, it was maybe 60 But But, you know, sometimes those little white lies can add up and cause a little bit more stress in your relationship. And these little white lies can cause more progression. You know, maybe you're starting off with a little bit of this and, you know, it's only $20 or I didn't buy this and it's so old. Like what? It's been in my closet forever. Sometimes those little secrets can progress into bigger ones. And, you know, maybe you have a credit card that your spouse knows nothing about. And because, you know, that's easier than having to have the conversation, then you want to purchase this. And I mean, I think we've all been there or at least, you know, like I'm pretty sure we've all been there. At least I've told one little white lie. And I think the biggest thing to be aware of is that it's crucial to be open and honest about any side checking, savings, credit cards, because owning up to the truth and clearing the air will help you kind of work toward establishing financial trust. When you kind of have these little secrets, you really are being a little dishonest with each other. And we know, you know, other situations, dishonesty never leads to a happy ending. So how do we make sure that you have shared financial goals? You're doing this together. You're in it together. And sometimes it can be very hard. And like I said, I see it all the time. Like I have this and my husband doesn't know about it. Or I have this amount of debt and my wife has no clue. So how do we make sure that you know you're open and honest and having hard conversations? Sometimes it's about seeking out maybe a mediator. Go to your financial institution. Have somebody that can kind of walk you through these conversations together because the dishonesty and the deceitfulness just snowball and can create more of a problem. Okay, last point of the day. You know, when it comes to money and relationships, setting expectations together is very important because when you have unmet expectations, that can be a source of conflict. And the quickest way to feel, you know, unfulfilled and unsatisfied with your spouse is when you expect things to go a certain way and find out reality is a bit different, right? You know, I think that's like with anything in life. You know, sometimes I get so annoyed because at the end of the day, I'm in my own head. I thought it was going to happen. You know, maybe I expected him to vacuum the living room because, you know, I would vacuum the living room. And it clearly needs to be vacuumed, but I didn't set that clear expectation for him or myself. I just, in my own head, was like, why isn't he doing this? He should be, but people view things differently. People have a different kind of approach. So it's important to be clear and set clear expectations for each other so they know that this is what you want and how you want it. And how do you pave the way together? So, you know, maybe I say, It would be really great if you could vacuum the floor. Now, if he didn't, then that's a different story. But anyways, but how do you how do you set expectations for your money and your marriage so that the problems don't progress and they kind of have like you can create the healthy discussions that you should be having around these so you can realize on your dreams? You know, we want to make sure that you are setting the best foot forward in your relationship. So by doing all of the above, you know, like the 
open and honest and you're not deceitful and you find a way that's going to work together for you and you're not kind of this is mine, this is yours and we're going to live separate lives and you figure out a plan that's going to be most beneficial to your relationship. Okay, so we talked about February, you know, being the month of love and it's not about just relationship love, but it's about self-love and you need to feel confident on your own and be confident in a relationship with somebody. And, you know, although like combining finances, you know, and have money mistakes and there's awkward or even frustrating conversations, you need to kind of learn how to discuss your finances in a more productive way. How do you feel more confident in your finances That way you can feel like you have autonomy to kind of, you know, stand on your own or feel confident in your money decisions. And it's important to know how to overcome your hangups around money because by having an understanding of your own personal financial views and triggers and things that you find important will be a game changer when it comes to your relationship and money together. Having clear communication lines, having clear insight and perspective will give you the kind of capability to create a life together and give you a sense of your own financial insights. Because although you are teammates, don't be afraid to, you know, like, remember, I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. You know, Hannah Montana, look how far you've come. Okay, it's a really great song. Kind of obsessed with it. I don't know why. I, you know, it's just catchy. But the point I'm trying to highlight here is you can buy yourself flowers and you can have the financial independence while still being in a couple, in a relationship, because I think it just gives you more confidence in making financial decisions together and more independence. So like I said at the beginning of February, it's not all about Valentines and sweethearts. Instead, it's also be a month for self-love, self-care, fostering relationships with family and friends and loving others. So we're here to be your financial sidekick, your banking BFF. We are full of advice, encouragement, and things you can do that will help you feel your best and have fun at the same time. We truly believe that self-knowledge and understanding of your financial picture helps to empower you to make better financial decisions and have a positive relationship with money, independently or in a relationship. We are here for you. We encourage you to get in touch with us at any time, whether it's with a question about our business or a comment on how we might be able to answer your burning financial questions. After all, at Tandia, your voice is the most important one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you found some value through this podcast. We are on all the social channels. If you would like to see me sing flowers in front of people, no, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. But snap a photo of this podcast, tag us, share us on your channel so we can help get the word out. Don't forget, you can always, 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 always connect with us at Tandia.com. Catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you. 